All right, everybody, we're going into jumping right into Thessalonians chapter two. If you haven't listened to one, go back and listen to it now. I did a super long uh, necessary intro for this whole <laughs> book, so go back and listen to it. And by the end of that one, you'll realize that we're just jumping right into this one. So take a minute to pray and we'll get started. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you guys, uh, prayers, question, counsel, whatever it might possibly be, go to APHomeChurch.com. There's even a cool little message thing right on there so you can spit out whatever questions and, and things that you might have. Brandon gets those directly to his phone. I will continue to volunteer him all of the time. You guys, he's an amazing counselor. Take advantage of him in this. He, um, This is what we do full time. So we know that we would love to be like physically present with everyone to invite into our home and to have fellowship and study together and counsel and help and serve. Um, but, you know, we, we can't do that. So we use the internet to do it. And the... so use us like we were your neighbor. Let's use this demonic tool platform for good <laughs> and yes. because it can be used for evil, but we can use it for a lot of good. So, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, going into chapter two, jumping right into it. Verse one. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. See, so <laughs> Paul, they didn't have any clue about the timing of all this. This is where Paul explained all of this to them, but they still were confused on the timing, especially after this letter came. That completely, they were like, ah, you know, it, and it caused them to, to have a major reaction to this, which we're, we'll continue on to read here. But um, this was the, the letter that we were talking about in chapter one, and they just, they, they swore that they were in the tribulation already. They're like, well, guess it's all wrong. <laughs> guess we're here Guess now. we're here now, and we're being persecuted. Now this is the tribulation. Yep, here it is. So that's why he's saying don't be so fooled by what they, he's like, this is not, we did not send this letter. We is in Paul and Timothy and the other apostles, obviously. He goes on to explain here that there's, there's some things that need to occur before the day of the Lord, which is the tribulation period can occur. Which is very, very interesting to know in our viewpoint of a pre-tribulational rapture because Paul's explaining here the events that must take place before this period can be continued, this part of human history can be continued. So it gives us a lot of information in it, but Paul goes on actually to explain what, how the, like what's going to actually occur during this period as well. So not only does he tell us what will happen, he gives them a comfort to say, whoa, 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 hey, look, you don't have to worry about any of this, but this is what's going to occur. Verse three, don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. 
this is inter- this this wording right here is really interesting because Paul is quoting directly from Daniel here, or using the same wording as Daniel uses when describing the Antichrist. So we know that that he still holds to that Jewish apocalyptic idea of the end times you know that that of being an actual literal fulfillment so by him saying this he's telling the the thessalonians here to that hey this antichrist that's coming that's going to do all these things that we know that we read about in daniel using the same wording we know that the day of the lord hasn't come because all of this stuff's going to actually happen before that period of time Verse 4, he will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God. This is much like Antiochus did with the Maccabeans, the Maccabean time period. The story um, of Hanukkah. The, the story of Hanukkah. Um, this is, that's what makes Hanukkah such an interesting interesting um celebration yeah how it foreshadowed is how it foreshadows this right here this whole period of time because what the antichrist ultimately what antiochus did in the maccabean time period with the temple will be the exact thing that the antichrist will do but who will come in and cleanse the temple yes Christ. So that's what makes this whole this whole thing really interesting about Hanukkah. I wish it was closer to Hanukkah. Remind me to go through this and <laughs> yeah, to pull this back together. <laughs> During Hanukkah. Well, that's where I wanted to put together the booklet for the families that are either using our homeschool program or are not that goes through the different feasts. Because again, when you go through all of Scripture, there's so many mm-hmm. of these things, you know, right. and it all points to Christ. Right. But who is he, yes, he is talking directly about the Antichrist here and example, exactly what the Antichrist will, re, will do. Then he's continuing on here in verse 5. Don't you remember that I told you about all of this when I was with you? He, he had explained all of this, but it was a lot to take in. And he still gave them um, a little bit more information here in the letters, but... Like I said, there was there there was a lot of information here that um, they still were just, yeah, I get it, but they didn't. You can you can tell because they were easily easily shaken. Okay, but we also know that Thessaloniki had a large Jewish population of Jewish Christians, so there was a lot of Jewish believers here. So they would have ex- they would have known exactly what Paul is speaking of here when he was um, going back up a few verses when he was talking about the man of lawlessness and going into the temple claiming that he is God. That's the other verse here that we see. I forgot to bring up, but, and I really wish I wouldn't have forgot because now I have to go backwards a little bit here, but going back to verse four, but he says, even sit in the temple of God. Okay. Well, in order to do that, there has to be some sort of temple, which is going to be the Antichrist temple. And 
if there's going to be a temple, well, there has to be a Jerusalem. There has to be, yeah. you know, and so you, you, you have to go through these process and this, this is where this, this tribulation period fits in because you're like, okay, well, he in the tribulation period is going to have to go into, and we find the, the key to this in revelation where he will go into the temple and he will claim these things and then Jesus will return and destroy it. But we find the complete picture of all this in revelation once we have it all put together. Um, but that the sitting in the temple of God is a, a very interesting thing. A lot of people claim, a lot of teachers and, and people will claim that this was fulfilled prior to the destruction of the temple in 70 AD that Paul was speaking of a more local audience here. That doesn't hold any weight when adding revelation into the mix at all. And it doesn't, it does not go along with the totality of scripture in my viewpoint. So, and again, not that it's your viewpoint that you picked out of thin air. It's just when you take the totality yeah, of scripture to me, and put it's these just, things together, not, how could you possibly get to I that? Read, so that's not what when I, the, when I read the Bible, that's what, that's what I get. So that's what I teach. And it's a, it's a controversial view, but Everything's everything controversial is controversial. <laughs> so. Well, like, look at, okay, let's just share. Like, we were just looking I at d- I didn't mean controversial. I meant debatable. Debatable. But all views are debatable because you talk to an all-millennialist or, you know, somebody that holds just to a different end times view and they'll go. Oh. Okay, but let's just share this even though I think it is worthwhile. Okay. We, before we got started with this, I shared, I read with you a Facebook post that a business acquaintance that we had prior with our family business had posted about um, being so thankful that Charlotte was being so accepting and encouraging of the LGBTQ community. And they had this whole pride extravaganza over the weekend and they lit up all the buildings with the rainbow colors. And um, he noted that unfortunately there were a couple people there preaching their sermons. He puts in quotations, but thankful that the pride community had such kindness and respect of their differences to still treat them kindly, even though they were there spewing this. And it was the way that this goes about. And our point was, and you said, you know what, it's just so heartbreaking because in any other situation, right? Like if you saw a car accident and the person literally was dying, right? Or think of like just the most horrific car accident or whatever, right before your eyes, To see people perishing in front of you. I mean, look at, we've been sharing Andrea Mills on YouTube, the mom who just passed away, leaving, she lost their 10th child, left behind nine, her husband's sharing all the, I mean, it's just, it, to watch these people perishing right before your eyes, luckily she's a believer, so we have reassurance in that, but to watch people perish right before your eyes is just the most horrific, heartbreaking, just absolute awful thing to go through and to see and so to see people like this with the lgbtq pride charlotte thing whatever to see that and and i don't know anything about the the pastors or people that were i mean i don't know anything about it we're out the city now we don't get involved but i don't know what they were doing but 
to see them feeling a call to stand up to try right. to help and save these people who are perishing right. is treated. I mean, that's now looked upon as evil and, and negative hate. and hate now in right. our world. But yet in any other instance where you would see somebody perishing, it would be hate for you not to step in. Right, like if I see somebody in a car accident, I'm the first person to go by and I just go by and go, oh, sucks to be you. Good luck with that, buddy. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, you don't stop and help that right. person? Right. But yet, But it's literally, this, you're, looking, <clears throat> you're looking to the outstretched hand of help and calling it hate and slapping yep. it in the face. Yep. And yeah. I, and again, I don't know what, like you said, I don't I know what. I have no these, idea, so I'm not these saying. These preachers could have, I, I will they admit. They could have been hate preachers, yeah. There's hate preachers that, that go to those and preach hate. And, and they that's do. not the that's not the direction that we take either. Nope. And and they are just as wrong as So we're not saying that that we have said many times that the way that the church as a whole has gone about sure. homosexuality has been completely wrong and that's what's created the hotbed of the mess that today is. Sure. So But the that community needs to understand that in love you have to understand. I'm not trying to change the way that you live i'm not trying to change anything about this but you have to understand the 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 seriousness of that particular thing yeah in the truth now if you don't want if you reject that unfortunately that means you're rejecting god and i'm sorry that you do but i okay i can't I will not fight you and I will not try to take away the right that you have to exist on this planet as a person and to live like everybody else. I'm, I'm not going to take that away from you. Of course not. Um, however, you, you again, you just have to know the seriousness of, a, of an issue like that. And like you said to us, that's that's like stopping somebody from, you know, I mean... Seeing someone hit like an, by a train yeah. or, or you know like a fiery car wreck it's like that's the way that jude describes it he's, he's snatched them out i mean yep. in verse 23 says snatching them out of the fire um that's that's serious i mean that's that's from death so if you don't want it that's cool it's just it's a it's a hand telling you that you know hey this is serious you're perishing you need help. You know, if, if you don't want it, we can't fight you yeah. for it, but it's there. And that's not the direction that we usually go with it. So anyway, that got off a little bit, but it was important to note, I think, on that. All right. I'm going to, after all that, sorry, we, had, we went off topic there a little bit, but I want to go ahead and read a couple Bible commentaries here on verses 4. And then five through seven, this is all the stuff that we're talking about here with the tribulation period with the Antichrist and in the coming. So I wanted to read these Bible commentaries just so if you haven't heard it this way, it doesn't make me sound like a, a crazy person. Because this is something even, and this isn't me going out and finding, matter of fact, I don't agree completely with this Bible commentary um, in many ways. But this is a generally held view that a lot of people don't hold to a literal Antichrist. Um, people of a Catholic background or people of, you know, they, I mean, they have different, different views on it, but I mean, for a lot of these end time things happening, literally, it's not something that's usually fresh in the mind of a lot of 
believers. They just, you know, they, they think that this whole rapture thing and all this is antichrist and mark the beat. All this is nonsense. So they don't give any legitimate thought or consideration to it. Uh, and it's unfortunate because it's, like I said, it's an, it's an orthodox view. It's just been so, um, so lost, I think, in the, and this is, this is definitely something that the reformers stepped on and crushed out, you know, it was like any kind of, yeah, they did of, an awful job. Any kind of belief of, of any kind of legitimacy coming to this doctrine. Uh, they held strongly against this. So, um, but then some of them too, though, did agree. I mean, they didn't all agree in the same. Some of them did agree on a, on a future antichrist, but they, it, it varied. But anyway, this commentary has says for verse four here and verse four is, uh, he will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object to worship. Worship, remember, it's the verse that we talked about that he, he will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God, right? So saying that there's going to be another temple uh, built, there's going to be, in order to be another temple, there's got to be another Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Israel has to exist. When, you know, after 70 AD, this looked like, well, <laughs> that couldn't possibly be the Yeah, view good luck with that. Because that's, that's never going to happen again. And then... And, 1948 with the the establishment of the state of Israel again you're like that got a lot of people going huh okay maybe there's something to this yeah maybe it makes you stop and think a little bit you know it doesn't mean you know there's been a lot of people which myself included but that's my extremist view I do believe that this is definitely in the time frame of the return of Christ but I think that, you know, it's a general statement. I don't think it necessarily has to be this generation. It could be uh, in a period of time from now. It doesn't have to be necessarily right now. But I do believe that it is closed based off of what happened in 48. Um, like I said, I don't I don't think I'm not an extremist in saying that this must all be fulfilled by a certain <laughs> time within the next hundred years. But, you know, at the same time, I really think there's great evidence towards that. But reading this commentary, what Paul, what they interpret this as is uh, pretty good here because it's, it's just showing the point that, yes, this is a future fulfillment. This isn't something that has been fulfilled or something that's already happened. So it's commentary for verse 4 says, Paul draws on Daniel 11, 36 through 37, which I was talking to you about. The, the wording here is much like Daniel, so... He draws from Daniel 11, 36 and 37, when he writes that the lawless one opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship. The Antichrist will insist that he alone is God. His actions will be like those of Antiochus Epiphanes. And see Daniel 11, 31 through 35. The context seems to indicate a concrete and observable act of defiance against God. And that's where, you know, yeah, it seems to be something there that there's there's different theories that we'll go over. And that's why I'm reading, because I like the way that they did it. But the temple of God has been variously interpreted as the church, the heavenly temple, and the Jerusalem temple. So those are the different interpretations of what the temple could be. And that's what separates the view. But I believe and I teach a 
Jerusalem temple. That's that's exactly what he's talking about because it would make no sense that he's not. He said Jerusalem temple because he, said he Jerusalem means Jerusalem because he temple. Means Jerusalem. Um, then, so that's a com- commentary that it had for verse uh, four. And then five through seven, when we were talking, I don't think we've read five yet. So I'll go back to that. You said that we're uh, on five, or no, we're on six, right? Okay. Well, we read five, but we'll go to, um, we're starting on six. And this note more so covers something that we haven't read yet. So let me go ahead and just read for a little bit, and then we'll go back. Uh, It says, verse six. He Paul's asking him, "Hey, don't you remember all I told you the way all this stuff was is going to work, and remember it's going to happen just like it does in Daniel." I'm paraphrasing Paul's words, but just like Daniel said, it's going to happen just like that. Don't you remember all this? And it says, "And you know what is holding him back? For he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly." And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. So remember, he's confusing them. They're not confusing. He's not confusing them. They're confused. They're confused about the time. They think that they're already in the tribulation. Paul's explained to them, no, remember, all this stuff has to happen. Although all of this is already at work. All of this is already going on. So Satan is well at work. The, the Antichrist is just waiting to be revealed. This system is already being set up. So this is where we get this. We can see in the world that the, the world is primed and ready for an Antichrist system. Um, so this stuff is already at work. But all of this stuff, we will not see the Antichrist, and all of this veil will not be lifted until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. That's the interesting verse there in verse 7, because that's like, what does that mean? What's the thing that's holding it out of the way? Until. Because you're like, wait a minute, there's something that's holding... What do you mean I know? You're like, I know what, Paul? <laughs> tell me I, all t- of the please things. Please tell me, because okay. they knew. I totally said, okay, now talk to me like I'm a four-year-old. Yeah, talk to me like I'm a four-year-old. <laughs> just to, hey, put everything in here, Paul, just in case. But that's why we said, we're like, well, we have to know that we can't, we're not left in that much ri- mystery in Scripture. We can't be. So we go and we weigh this with the rest of Scripture, and we can, it makes a lot more sense. So there is different interpretations of what that thing is is and i believe that um verse i i I think that they do this here in this commentary pretty good it says the man of lawlessness cannot be revealed or i'm sorry the man of lawlessness cannot be unveiled while what is restraining him is now at work and the wording's a little different here because i'm reading out of the esv commentary uh and not the nlt commentary so that's why if there's like a little bit piece of a verse, it sounds a little bit different. But the man of lawlessness cannot be unveiled while what is restraining him is now at work. Paul refers also to he who now restrains. Scholarly theories on the identity of this restrainer include 
the Roman Empire or Emperor. So that's one view. The Holy Spirit, which I believe is the correct view. And the Archangel Michael, which I I can see that too. I mean, that, that fits along in with Daniel perfectly. So the restrainer makes sure make sure that the man of lawlessness is revealed in his time and not before. Okay, so I believe that what is holding back, this is holding back from the Antichrist coming, and then we are going to be raptured before this. So what's holding him out of the way? What do you mean? So this time that occurs with the Antichrist in the tribulation period that's coming on is 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 most likely us. The because once the Holy Spirit is void of, and now this is the other argument. There is plenty of arguments, but I believe that anything outside of this is heretical. But the Holy Spirit completely leaves earth with the rapture of the church. I mean, this is a world void of God, suffering the wrath of God. This is a, this is a dark, damp place with no, with with near complete separation from God obviously not in final separation in the final eternal state and separation from God but it's it's a world void of of the restrainer which this is something that our world has not seen something like like this with evil at full full force you know, without being, um, you know, without being obviously restrained. Um, at the same time, God's sovereignty controls the plan perfectly. So that's a bit of a interesting note there. But that was, like I said, that was the ESV commentary of it. So even the ESV commentary, which is a very conservative commentary, it does not aid to one side or the other. They view these things as future fulfillments, and they even present the different viewpoints of saying, okay, well, these are the different things, um, but these are, these are definitely um, most likely a future fulfillment, and, the, and that's the way that I see and I teach. So going back here in verse 7, remember, for this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until who is holding it back steps out of the way. When that veil is lifted and all things are exposed, when we see everything for what it is, then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. But the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. Yeah, that It's not going to take much. <laughs> He's just going to look at him and be yeah. done. That's it. I mean, that's just the power. I mean, I, you, you can just read past that and you're just like, yeah, but when you see just by the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming, I mean, the power in that statement, it, don't underestimate the power in that statement. I mean, that's just mind blowing. That just by the, just looking at him, that's why it's like, oh, really? You think that you've seen Jesus? That's yeah, these people who say that they've seen Christ, it's like, oh, okay. 
the splendor of his coming is the only thing that took for him to destroy the Antichrist. Yeah. Yet, you, get you just saw Jesus. hang out and chat and okay. write notes. Okay. Yep. All right, verse 9. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. Because they, those and they, remember he is not speaking to he, he is not speaking in the context of, hey, this is something that you guys need to worry about. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. They will be condemned for enjoying their evil, enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. As for us, there's another key word. As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation, a salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. He called you to salvation when we told you the good news. Now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and keep strong grip on teaching, on the teaching we pass on to you, both in person and by letter. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace give us eternal comfort and wonderful hope, comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. Now, that's the end of that chapter, but if... The Thessalonian believers had to worry about any of this stuff. What sort of comfort, what sort of wonderful hope would there be? That's why Paul is saying, no, you're not going through the tribulation because all of these things would be happening and these things have to happen first before that would be. But you don't have to worry about that because he called you to share in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to suffer, trip. Not to suffer the tribulation period, the great day, the, the day great that day must of the Lord short. that we're speaking of. This is a this is a comfort and hope, and he's like, what? How are you so confused? I just explained to you in the first letter. You know, we went over the fact that hey, all of a sudden we're going to be caught up, yeah, with the Lord. Like you're not going to miss that, yeah. You're not going to miss that part. And then he says that this is going to, because he hasn't, we are not destined to suffer the, the wrath that's coming upon the earth. So how do you get confused now that you all of a sudden think that you're in the tribulation period? You guys are, this is, this is why we're having to straighten this up. So tomorrow we'll wrap up with chapter three. And again, it'll be one that we just jump right into. So make sure you're keeping in line with these. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.